Welcome back to Grow, the podcast where we look for the practical steps to help you and I grow and excel in our businesses. Now, in today's episode, we're going to be focusing on getting our finances in order. Now, what do we do when we can't afford an accountant yet? At what stage do we need to start paying VAT? And what are the main financial obligations that we need and have to fulfill as business owners? These are the things that we're going to get some clarity on in today's episode with our special guest, Laulu. Laulu is the co-founder of Economic Street. So there's no better person to draw this information in this particular topic than him. So let's get this show on the road. So why are finances so key for any business? The long and short of it is that's the engine room of any business. If you don't have a good lid on your finances, then how can you, you know, remain in business for the foreseeable future? In accounting or finance, we call that going concern, remaining a going concern. So ultimately that revolves around the capital structure of the of the business and the, fi- the finances and just making sure they're very healthy. Uh, you know, your finances help you in terms of decision-making. It helps you to plan for the future. Um, it helps you to know how to allocate your budget or your funds appropriately to all the various activities of the business. And therefore, because of that, it's paramount that you do have a good understanding, at least a working knowledge of what's going on financially with your business. If we don't get a lid on our finances, how can we remain in business for the foreseeable future? Money is the fuel that keeps the engine running. It's the thing that keeps the cogs turning. We need to keep the money coming in, but not just that. We need to make sure that the flow of money is sustainable and things are not just being wasted. We need to look after the pennies because the pennies are what make the pounds. Why do people often overlook managing their finances when it comes to business? Now, as you may know, I used to run a creative agency where me and my business partner supported other businesses and some charities with marketing activities and some digital design projects. We worked with some real big hitters money was coming into the business but i would end up spending a lot of money on food and other goodies running the books for the business was definitely not the strength of mine but let's find out why many people often overlook managing their finances i think it's a combination of factors and it it is a very good question I, i think one of the primary reasons is some people just think the learning curve is really steep or that it's such a complicated area of, you know, really knowing or understanding business. And I think that's why they tend to shy away from it. It's kind of like, if it's out of sight, it's out of mind. Not knowing just how serious of an implication and bearing it has on the actual business. So I I, I do think that's one of the, the, the primary thing. And I also just think, you know, when you're even just browsing news, some of the terms, the lingo, um, doesn't make it easy to bridge that gap. And again, that could be a factor that then puts people off from really taking control of understanding the finances of their business. Then again, some people in the personality 
you know, they spend first, think about the consequences later. So, <laughs> um, kind of have a range, but I, I definitely do, I can empathize with people, especially if they don't have a background in finance or business. Um, and, but I would encourage them to just, just jump at it, jump in with both feet, learn, learn, become an information soaker and worst case scenario, you know, you've, you failed, but at least you failed knowing that you've tried and you've given it your all and paid attention to everything, particularly the finances of the business. Spending first and thinking about it later is really something that may not be sustainable for us, especially if we're starting up or we're trying to find our feet in this business journey. And also, if there's not enough money coming into the business, how can we be spending what we don't have? Now, not all of us have the background in finance like Laudi does, but as he's advised, there are some basic things that we should begin to take on board so that we can build a general foundation of money management within our businesses. Now, what can we do if we can't afford an accountant? They're very simple, effective and low cost tools nowadays. Um, I'll mention a couple of them to you now. There's a software, a mobile app called Coconut. And Coconut is specifically designed for sole traders, which is a type of you know, legal structure uh, that people can use when carrying out business. The great thing about Coconut is that it's very, very simple to use. So you literally you sign up, you connect your business account to the software and it immediately downloads all the transactions and then talks you through it, how to categorize it. So for instance, you can categorize something as a marketing transaction. You can categorize it as equipment purchase. You can categorize it as only being put into the business by an owner. So it's a very simple tool to use for bridging that gap for you. On top of it, it helps you with invoice management. It helps you to know how much to set aside for taxes because that is usually an area that business owners overlook. Unfortunately or fortunately, the way the tax system is designed, it's that it's always backwards looking. So by the time you come to paying your taxes, you're sometimes often looking at things that have happened 18 months ago. Mm. Well, that does you no good if you then don't have the money because you've been spending it as you went along forgetting that you're going to have a tax bill. So this is why that's towards you is again, quite effective for managing the finances without the need for an, an accountant immediately. You also have another one called Anna money. So Anna as in the name and then money. Uh, this one again, does similar things to coconut uh, with the added features of also completing or helping you to submit your VAT returns. If you're a VAT registered business and both these softwares cost between anything from about what seven pounds to 12 pounds a month for the top uh subscriptions or the top plans so this is a way to kind of just have a bit more control i would say over the business finances without having to employ uh, the services of an accountant from the jump familiarizing ourselves with these kind of tools will help us especially if we're running things on our own they're specialized for sole traders so they're definitely going to get the job done. The only thing is, it's going to cost us some time. Now, how can people be better prepared for their first VAT return? 
just good record keeping and we can even dial it back to basics old school and just using an excel spreadsheet for instance and just um either looking at your transactions on a weekly basis monthly basis or minimum quarterly basis i would say um again being hooked up to a software that is inexpensive like Anna money so that your transactions are immediately there and you can see how much VAT is on each one making sure you keep all your receipts and invoices um using an, a cloud based solution to store your receipts so for instance google drive you know you can start there um i think it's also based on what you've just said it's good to to highlight something that one thing that business owners need to get into the habit of doing is actually separating their personal expenses from yeah. business expenses because often the two often the times they conflict the two in the eyes of the law and in the eyes of the government your business is a separate legal entity often the times so you don't want to i don't know you know buy a pair of trainers on the business account for instance, uh... <laughs> which some people get into the habit of because that is not a business expense. Everything yeah. has to be business related. Even commuting. If you have an office space, that's just commuting to work like any regular person. The only time you can claim for your travel is if you're having to go to a client site and you can only claim the difference in the cost between going to your office on a daily basis versus that client site. So these are some of the things to start thinking about. The final point I would make is that even if you haven't crossed the threshold yet for VAT, the way the VAT registration system works is that you either have to be forward-looking for 30 days and say, okay, in the next 30 days, I'm going to make it to £3,000. If the answer is yes, I really need to start getting my finances in order. Or you, you take the backwards-looking approach and look back 12 months and say, okay, in the past 12 months, have I turned over £83,000? Again, if the answer is yes, then I need to start the process of registration. So that's why it's good to also kind of forecast, anticipate. What do you expect to be making? If you know, for instance, that you're already making £5,000 a month, soon enough, as your business continues to grow, you're going to get into a stage where maybe you're making seven to £8,000 a month. And therefore, you know from that moment you start making seven thousand pounds a month till you know 11 12 months down the line you're probably going to then fall into that catchment for that registration so these are some of the things to kind of have in your head um as you start to kind of think about the long term and whether you will then meet the you know obligation for that registration as lalu said we've got to take things back to basics Number one, good record keeping. Using a spreadsheet to look at our transactions on a minimal quarterly basis is something that we should probably get into the routine of. Number two, let's utilize some of the softwares which track all of our transactions because at the end of the day, they're connected to our business accounts. So once they've already connected to our business accounts, all we need to do is review everything. Number three, separating our personal expenses from our business expenditure. This is important because when it comes to reviewing our transactions and allocating which expenditure goes where, we need to know what's the business and what's our personal stuff. So 
what are the indicators that business owners need to be aware of when it comes to money management? And this is regardless of how much we're earning. Working capital. So working capital is just a fancy way of saying, okay, what do my customers owe me? What are my earning suppliers? You need to really get on top of this. Um, as we said at the start, cash is king. In a nutshell, the more cash flow you have coming through the business or in the business at any one point, the more you can do. And I'll give you one of the greatest examples of this or one of the industries that has perfected this is the supermarket industry. Because you as a customer, you pay upfront at the till as you're buying your groceries. But the suppliers, they're not paying for at least 30 days. Now, what that means for, you know, Tesco, Asda, is that they have more money in the bank at any given point, which means they can effectively do more. They can hire more workers. They can expand and build further stores. You name it. So this is something that business owners need to start having a picture of. Are my customers paying me on time? If not, what recourse am I taking or what actions am I taking to make sure that money is recoverable? In terms of my suppliers, what relationship do I have with them? Can I extend the payment deadlines? Again, with my workers, do I have enough money to meet all the payroll obligations, which includes not just their income, their salary, but also the taxes that go along with it. And pension and, well. and pensions, correct. So th this is all the like the different elements you have to kind of be thinking of and juggling at any uh, point in time. Now, a couple of things can help with that. If you really want to take it a step further and have more control of your finances, then you need to be thinking about, you know, monthly management reports. That simply means you're looking at, you know, the balance sheet, the profit and loss, the cash flow statement, which are all elements of company accounts if you're a limited company. Um, and, yeah, just analysing that and reflecting on, 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 on what's happening because there's a difference between uh, selling a product and generating revenue versus cash. Uh, profit is an entirely different concept, an accounting concept that basically describes the process of, you know, I've sold something or uh, I have bought something. But that more reflects when the transaction has occurred or taken place as opposed to where cash has changed hands. And that's something that often at times business owners can overlook is when is the point that cash is actually changing hands? Is it after the transaction has occurred, before the transaction has or the exchange of goods and services has taken place? These are the kind of things that we really need to start thinking about um, in, in, in being able to really soundly have a control over the finances. What are the differences between gross and net profit? So gross is simply put what you've sold I, and the income you've made from that minus the cost for producing that item. So I'll give you an example. Plastic cups. Let's say you sell plastic cups. You sell each cup for a pound and it's cost you 50p to make that cup. Now your gross profit is 50p. Net profit, slightly different concept. That factors in your other costs of actually bringing that product to market, the plastic cups to market. So that could include your rent, office space, uh, electric bill, internet, um, 
salaries, overheads, etc. You name it. So, and then the distribution, the packaging, the postage and packaging and marketing. So net profit is the, the final figure after you've deducted all your costs. What if somebody cannot afford to pay back a loan for their business? The one thing they can't do is ignore it and just wish it will go away. Most important thing is to contact the bank and see what agreement or arrangement can be made. Now, if those loans were taken out in accordance with the specifications, i.e. legitimately, then we know that the bank can always recover their money from the government worst case scenario now if people for instance did take out more than they were really entitled to because it was all about self-certification at the time then sometimes that's when personal guarantees can kick in and they can try and come after the director um to try and recover that either way always speak to them first exhaust all the options available for the loan again this is probably one of the advantages that those loans had over traditional loans in the sense that you know they came with many stipulations like you can take a payment holiday you can take an interest holiday three times in the case of the bounce back loan um and obviously for the first year of the loan as well the government was paying the interest on it so definitely speak to the bank first see what arrangement can be made um and then go from there sometimes what ends up happening is that you can enter into something called a cda so company voluntary agreement where perhaps you even agree to pay a lower amount um, over time as opposed to pay nothing. And sometimes, well, banks will rather see some money than no money at all. If we're struggling and can't afford to pay something back or pay something off, I think the worst thing that we can do is to bury our heads in the sand and just hope that it blows over. Unfortunately, I don't think that's going to happen. Let's get an arrangement sorted, even if it means setting up a minimum monthly payment to pay for it. Let's understand what arrangements can be made to help us through this process. So what do business owners need to do to get themselves ready for the end of the financial year? What do we need to be aware of? Great question. So first and again, I'll say is just having a summary of all their transactions, whether that is Excel, whether that is using a software solution. With the software solutions, it's like I said, it's more automated, so it's a lot easier to keep track of things. Um, and you can get downloadable reports from those softwares to tell you, basically give you a summary of what you can be declaring or what you should be declaring. Other things you start thinking about is instances where um, you have bought something on behalf of the business, but it also has personal use somewhere because you can't claim 100% of the cost against the income of the business if there is some personal use often at times. Uh, I'll give you an example. You can buy a laptop for the business, but you know sometimes you may use the assets maybe 30% 30, 30 of the time for personal use. So therefore you can't claim, well, 30% of the cost of that laptop can't be claimed. So these are things to kind of just have in mind. And then second of all, start understanding how much you potentially now need to be setting aside towards the tax bill. If you're a company, then the tax rate is 19% that you need to be setting aside towards corporation tax. And often the times if you've been spending without taking this into consideration, that basically means 
you know, I'm going to be playing some catch up and having to set aside more money um, once your accounts are filed. If you're a sole trader, when you file tax returns, you basically know your window is between April to January 2024 to save up the money for your tax bill. The great thing is that if you anticipate that you're not going to be in a position to completely cover your tax bill, now you're aware about it and you can start taking effective steps to either make up the difference or explain your circumstance to HMRC to come up with a payment plan as opposed to not contacting them and then ending up with penalties. It's integral that we have a summary of all our transactions. We need to know what we're actually going to be declaring. So let's be ready to put some money aside for corporation tax. Richard Osborne, the founder of UKBF, he once said that all the money is not your money. So we've got to give to Caesar what is Caesar's so that one day Caesar doesn't come knocking on our door. So what are the things that we need to consider before we hire our first employee? You have to be aware of your business needs. Um, hiring employees, hiring staff is a huge undertaking financially and ethically, compliance-wise, legally, everything, the whole schmill. So you really have to think about it. Do, do you have the capacity in terms of the financial muscle? So what? to to be able to afford this employee because like we spoke about before earlier on once you start paying employees or once you hire an employee you have certain obligations towards them uh one of them being pensions and pensions are very expensive um i think the current threshold earnings threshold for somebody to be in, an employee to be entitled to a pension is about nine thousand pounds nine or ten thousand pounds so it's quite low and you can't you have to be able to offer a company pension scheme they can choose to opt out, but it has to be there. It's not something you can coerce them to opting out of either. So I would say that's what you generally need to think of first. Can I really afford to hire a staff? Okay, if I can, what does that contract then look like? Is it on a temporary basis, permanent basis, full, or you know, part-time, full-time, that type of thing? Versus maybe you consider a subcontractor where you don't have as many of those responsibilities, legal and financial responsibilities to them. Understanding the needs of our business will make it clear if we need another pair of hands or not. But ultimately, can we afford to hire somebody? Are we making enough money to cover the things that we'd legally need to have cover for as an employer? So yeah, let's keep an eye on the books. Keep an eye on the books will give us a good gauge if we can afford to bring someone else on board. Now, this is a big one. When should we pay ourselves? It's not, it's not, it's not a popular answer, but you get paid last. You're, you're the last person on that whole roster of people. Your employees come first, the bank comes first, the taxman comes next, and then you. So that's why they often say, you know, the business always you know, carries the major risk, but usually when, when things then, you know, when the good times come by, you just stand to gain the most because of all those people that you're answerable to or responsible for. Now, it's not the thing that we want to hear, but he said last. 
But let's not make the mistake that I made when I almost spent everything that used to come into the account of the agency that I used to run. We've got more skin in the game than anyone because at the end of the day, we are the business owner. We're the people that are carrying this thing forward. So let's get our head down. Let's work smart. Let's work hard. Because as Laulu said, when it's all said and done and when the good times come by, we stand to gain the most. So the main question, what are the main things business owners need to do to get our finances in order? First is understanding just how important finances play a role to your business remaining a going concern and being able to stay in business. That's the first thing. Once you're able to accept that, then the rest starts to fall in place and takes on a natural, what I, what I deem to be a natural flow. In terms of things that you need to do is make sure that you know what your outgoings are, what your incoming is. That's as basic as that. Uh, understand the timing of your business. So for instance, if your business is seasonal, maybe for instance, you're a cheater, then you know that certain times of the year you're going to be more busy, maybe around exam time or the start of a new academic year versus other times of the year. And therefore, you need to structure your business activities around those times of year to maximize the opportunities that those moments present. So that's the second thing. Be aware of the cycle of your business. Third, be aware of all your regulatory requirements. So what does that mean? If you're in a business where you're having to collect or process consumer data, then number one, you will also have to be signed up to the information commissioner's office. That means that for the privilege of being on the database, they're gonna charge you about 35 or 40 pounds a year, depending on how you pay them. Other things include just data protection and security, um, being aware of your responsibilities to stakeholders such as Companies House, if you're a limited company, or you know HMRC for taxation purposes, uh, being aware of your responsibilities to your employees, if you have any, making sure you have good contracts in place and hiring or contracting the support and help of good HR personnel or HR professionals to assist with that process, uh, because it is very much a, 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 a specific set of skill sets needed for that. And those are the three things that I'll say you need to really have a good grip and understanding of. Let's understand why finances are so important to our business. And as I said earlier in the episode, money is the fuel that keeps this engine turning. So let's manage it well. We need to keep on top of all our financial obligations, especially throughout the year with the different things that we need to file for. As Laulu coined it, the regulatory requirements that we need to fulfill each year. So these are the things that we need to be aware of to help get our finances in order. Scroll up. So let's remember to enjoy this journey, but more importantly, let's make sure to keep a close eye on the pennies and the pounds. 
Because the pennies and the pounds that are rolling into the business, these are the things that will help the business to grow and to help the business to have a level of success. The success of our business, it depends on those pennies and it depends on those pounds. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Grow. And don't forget to subscribe to this channel and also recommend this content to somebody else who is also going on this business journey. And remember, let's grow together.